Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Uh, in New York City, the sex trafficking criminal trial of the former Jeffrey Epstein companion continues. And in Minneapolis, the murder trial for a 26-year police veteran, her name is Kim Potter, in the shooting death of Dante Wright, continues a young black man. Professor Jane Kirtley joins us, professor of media ethics and law, the director of the Silha Center for the Study of Media Ethics and the Law at the University of Minnesota. And we're very fortunate to be able to call on uh, Professor Kirtley uh, to speak to us on issues like this. Jane, thank you very much for taking the time. I'm not sure how to pronounce the first name of Ms. Maxwell. but I these think it's Ghislaine. Is it Ghislaine? It right. Yep. Okay. I'll forget it in five minutes. You'll have to remind me. Sex trafficking charges against her have taken a long time uh, to get to court. How do you assess the case against her? There have been numerous women have alleged Maxwell procured teenage girls for financier Jeffrey Epstein, who committed suicide while awaiting trial. And this week, a former boyfriend of a woman now in her 30s who alleges Epstein sexually assaulted her at his Florida mansion testified he drove girls to Epstein's home. How do you assess her and how do you assess this trial? Well, um, what I think is significant is the fact that the prosecution has already rested its case as of yesterday. Um, Most people expected the prosecution's case to go on for at least another week or two, and the fact that they've stopped now would seem to suggest that they're pretty confident that they have made their case. Um, I don't know whether that's true. I'm not on the jury, and as you know, this trial, like all trials in our federal criminal courts, is not being televised. We have media coverage, but it's basically the reporters relaying what they see and hear, and it's not the same as seeing it for yourself. Um, you know, I've, I've seen people suggest that um, Ms. Maxwell is, is, you know, basically the scapegoat for things that Epstein himself did. But it seems to me that the, by framing this as a sex trafficking trial and also moving minors across state lines and other similar federal laws, um, they have put together a pretty credible case. Um, I, but again, I don't know what the defense is going to say, and there's still discussion about whether Ms. Maxwell herself is going to choose to testify or not. Uh, so what do, you, what do you expect from the defense? Um, you know, I really don't know. I think it's going to be something on the line of, you know, I, I was there, but I wasn't complicit. I wasn't involved. I wasn't doing the things I'm being accused of doing. I think that's essentially what the argument's going to be, that she's being used as a surrogate for the now-deceased Mr. Epstein because there's so much uh, anger and resentment towards what Epstein reportedly did. The other, of course, wild card in all this is whether any of the supposed big names like Bill Clinton, Jay-Z, Prince Andrew, people like that, whether those names are going to come into play in any way. They really haven't up until now. Um, The concentration has been mostly on Ms. Maxwell and the deceased Mr. Epstein. Yeah, there are lots of open ends to this particular situation in this particular case. Now, the, the other story, the other case that's moving forward in where you live in Minneapolis, 26-year Minnesota police veteran Kim Potter on trial in the shooting death of a young black man, Dante Wright. Potter says she thought she was reaching for her taser when, in fact, she drew her police-issue pistol and shot and killed Dante Wright, and it was just a minor police uh, traffic stop. What's going on as far as that case is concerned? Well, that's a good question. This trial, like the one uh, we talked about earlier this year, the Chauvin trial um, in the death of um, Mr. Floyd, 
um, has been live streamed and we've been able to watch it, but I would say it has not garnered the same degree of attention locally as the Chauvin trial did. Exactly why that is, I don't really know, but I mean, it's, it's there to be watched if anybody wants to watch it. Uh, judge Chu, the presiding judge, had initially waffled about whether she was going to allow cameras, but she ultimately decided to do so. There was an unfortunate incident earlier in December where an individual went to the place that he thought she lived. It was a condo that she had previously sold, and basically was yelling and screaming and and uh, live streaming himself, demanding that cameras be allowed in the in the courtroom. She wasn't there; she didn't see it. Um, but I was afraid that that attempt to intimidate her might cause her to say no cameras. But to her credit, in my opinion, she didn't do that. Um, it's been a really hard trial to watch because the prosecution has been um, playing and replaying some extremely disturbing video footage. And I say disturbing not only because of the death of, of Mr. Wright, but also watching um, Officer Potter's reaction. It's It's been really difficult to see. Um, the trial um, so far is, is, is still ongoing. It ended a little early on Friday because we had a winter storm coming in here, and it's not going to be resumed until later next week. So right now we don't really know, other than the fact that the defense has asked for a mistrial on the grounds that uh, the prosecution is showing too much prejudicial um, footage. I think the reason that they are showing as much as they are is that we have sentencing guidelines in this state that might preclude a, a really lengthy sentence for Officer Potter, assuming she's convicted. And by t- including all of this footage, they may be trying to make the case that um, this was you know, really, really egregious conduct, not just a, a simple mistake. There's a, a lot of societal pressure associated with this particular case as well. Uh, how is that likely to uh, to play itself out? Well, of course, I can't get inside the head of the people that are on the jury. We've got a racially mis- mixed jury here, um, and you know we'll just kind of have to wait and see. I think the judges, both Judge Chauvin before and now Judge Chu, have been good about insulating the jurors. I mean, we don't know their identities. We only know um, their basic demographic information. And, um, you know, Judge Chauvin, or Judge Cahill in the Chauvin case, waited quite a while before he released the names of the jurors. So I think the judges truly can insulate the jurors as much as possible from external pressure. I'm hopeful that they will come to their conclusion based on the evidence they see in court. If I can just go back to the Maxwell case in the minute we have left, uh, Jane, she has, uh, and her supporters certainly have said, that they believe she's been scapegoated um, for Epstein's crimes. Do you think that that is a viable uh, defense to put forward? Wouldn't that be just a desperate Hail Mary pass by them? Well, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, that that that's what any good defense lawyer would probably argue. But I think the reality is that separate and apart from whatever uh, criminal activity Mr. Epstein himself may have been engaged in, the accusations against her in terms of trafficking and transporting a minor across state lines and so forth, um, those really stand alone, ultimately. Um, they're kind of pendant claims, I suppose, to what Epstein uh, is was accused of. But the bottom line is, I think she's going to stand and fall on her own conduct, not really what Epstein himself may have done. Yeah. Questionable conduct uh, by her as well. Professor uh, to Jane... Put it, to put it lightly. Yeah, yes. To put it mildly, yeah. If you want to hear more... Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. 
I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.